It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Hi everyone, welcome to Monday. We kick off the afternoon here on Ausbiz with the call 10 stocks suggested by you and uh, I'll put them to an expert panel. We do it all in 60 minutes. We've got certainly the A-team. Questions specifically for these two blokes come in and uh, we're going to get through them today. Graham Sody from Intelligent Investor and his old sparring partner, Nathan Thomas <laughs> and Darren. When we split them up on the panel, you know, they're both really polite. Put them together, they're at each other. Nathan, how are you? I'm good, I'm good. Very happy. Um, big down day of the markets. Do you mm. get, is this the start of the next leg down? Yeah, I mean, we were waiting for this to start. Oh, you've been yeah. talking about it, it for weeks. It, yeah, I mean, the move on Friday basically pulled global markets around a negative month for August. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that people were betting on something that I could not work out. Yeah. And... I mean, it was interesting, Jerome Powell, a 30-minute presentation, it was only eight or nine minutes, and he just went, bang, 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 see you later. Yep. Because <laughs> basically, correct me if I'm wrong, everyone's saying short, sharp, downturn, uh, then cut interest rates next yeah. week, and Jerome Powell basically <laughs> said, in your dreams. It just doesn't work like that in the real yeah. economy. It happened in a pandemic. People are just thinking you can do that again. It's not a pandemic. It's just a normal economic cycle. It's just that people are not used yeah. to cycles. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I think the memory of cycles has fallen away. We're used to every That's time the uh, economy is confronted with a problem, the natural solution, the expectation is lower rates. We have a problem now. The expectation was lower rates. And yeah. Um, you know, the, the Fed has just said that that's not happening this time. Yeah. I think any, anyone with a, a memory, a decent memory, would, would realise that already. And yeah. I just think it shows that the market's expectations were wildly wrong. Right. Um, and this is a pretty good wake-up call. Um, yeah, look, I, I don't know where things are going, but I was very surprised by the, the, the rally. Um, I've said before, I haven't deployed very much capital at all into this downturn, which is unusual. Yeah. Usually we would be right into downturns, yeah. um, but we haven't done that this time. And, and I personally think there is a bit further to go, but who knows, you know, we could very right. easily yeah. be wrong. It's not the sort of thing you want to, this is not the way to invest, predicting <coughs> the direction of the market, yep. but um, I, I'm still acting cautiously. Oh, look, I think we'll get a, a new law, uh, we'll go lower. And I think it'll take a few months for things uh. to settle down. Um, and I think it's, it's got to do with the whole concept of, I think what's happening in Europe is important. That's mm. the weakest link. And if they get into trouble, everyone else follows. They're okay. already in trouble, Ripple mate. Exactly. Yeah, I yeah. know. Some of those inflation figures are yeah. horrendous yeah, at the moment. Terrifying, yeah. Um, let's get into the stocks. Uh, first half, uh, 30 minutes, Macquarie Telecom, Magnus Energy, Shaver Shop, Boral and Terracom. Um, stock of the day, I'm a bit greedy with the, these two uh, in the studio. Uh, two hotly followed companies uh, here on the call, LaVisa and Aussie Broadband. So not one, but two stocks of the day. Get the guy's view on. LaVisa posting a whopping 135% jump in four-year profit. 
58 million dollars revenue more than doubled shareholders final dividend 37 cents per share 85 new stores opened in the year company expecting rollout momentum to increase ceo crediting the global store rollout for growth now and into the future updating on the first couple of weeks of this financial year sales already up 66 percent seems terrific result um a favorite uh, amongst the experts here on the call, one of the best run uh, retailing businesses. Nathan, does it still hold that mantle? Oh, look, I think it's great. Uh, yeah. But I think everyone knows. <laughs> I think right. the numbers just tell you how good it is. Um, I think the growth story still holds. You can see it in the retail sector. I mean, I, look, I, I, we were negative on retail and then the retail sector got absolutely smashed. Yep. But it has separated the, I suppose, the, the good from the bad. Right. You can see the really well-run, good business models that either defensive or actually can execute in the growth story despite yeah. the weak macro. And then you've got the others who are just underperforming. And the market has split that quite well. Um, let me say it's one of the better ones. I mean, right. it's, it's a really well-run business. It's growth model. I mean, I, I always thought it'll take longer to deliver that kind of play. And I just keep asking my daughter, what's happening? And she just goes, yeah, we still go. We still buy. Yeah. That's the demo. Yeah, that's all it is. So I mean, would you be much. buying it, these levels, or is it? I think everyone knows. Um, looking at that sector, I'm looking for things that the people are mispricing. Right. I don't think Levisa is mispricing. Okay. I think they execute well, they hold up well. If you've been there, I'm happy to hold it. But yeah, I think everyone knows. Okay. Yeah, there's, there's no doubt that, um, well, I'm on record as saying is Levisa is, is the best retailer yep. um, I've ever seen, not just in the country, but that I've ever seen. The, the, Economics um, and the numbers are simply astonishing. Um, you all know that the first time I looked at it, I thought it was a fraud because the numbers were too good. <laughs> um, I've, I've never seen anything like it. Um, but the rollout, this, the, the really good things about this result was the pace of the rollout is accelerating. They have no problems funding that. And um, just the sales momentum early on in the new year has been mm. astonishing. We mm. all expected a COVID recovery, but this has really been, I think, sharper, faster, mm. And they're building on that with a faster than anticipated rollout. There's new geographies being acquired and rolled out as well. So this is really just building success on success. They're compounding really beautifully. Now, Nathan says that everyone knows, everyone does know. This is on 30 times, which sounds extremely expensive for a retailer. For a retailer yeah. But just, I still don't think, one of the great inefficiencies in the market is that the, the market does, is not very good at pricing in exponential growth. And when you have store rollouts with um, same store sale, sale increases at the extent that's going on in La Visa, you have exponential growth. And just run some numbers through that and you can easily get to 2x the market, market cap today. I, I don't think this is overly dear. I'd be okay. holding it if you don't have it, look for, look for a, a, some weakness and, right. and buy it. But, um, it, it, but you just don't don't ignore and underestimate. This is a, a mm. sensational retailer. It's wow. a great retailer, and what you said exactly makes sense. When you're looking at a cyclical stock, mm. you actually want to look at it when the multiples looks massive, yeah. because that means that you know the market is not pricing in the growth story. I think it's great. I just yeah. I mean, you look at historical performance, and you look at it, and where the macro is. There's a lot of uncertainty. I don't want to pay out. It's up forty percent since June. Yeah, no. That's I, that's I, the problem. <laughs> that's the problem. Yeah. I just look at that. Yeah. Well. I mean, it's you have a list of stocks that you go in the next, you know, market panic when they throw everything out. There's you want to look at and you know, Shaver Shop and Levisa in the retailers are top of my list okay. and super retail. Uh, you're also a big fan of Aussie broadband yep. as well. Uh, shares getting battered this morning despite posting 
record revenue and earnings. Uh, uh, connections popped 46%. Uh, traction in business and residential units. Looking ahead, the company wants to expand its higher margin business, which should be helped along with the acquisition of Over the Wire. Also flagged there's ongoing uncertainty about market conditions, though. Um, so pretty every number there you look at, Gore, um, is fabulous. But then gets hammered. Yeah, you know something interesting. It's a down day, mind you, on the market, but even so. Something interesting. Aussie has about six, six and a half percent of the broadband market, and um, they earned more money from broadband than Telstra does, which has fifty percent wow. of the market. Um, it just shows you that this so why is it down eighteen percent. Well, I, I think there's. Well, firstly, let's go through the numbers. I think the result was really good. There's nothing in there. There's no bombs in there. No. Um, they had pre-released the results. We knew exactly what they were. Guidance was exactly almost to the dollar what I had, or and even the market had penciled in. So between right. um, in in the mid eighty billion dollar EBITDA for next year, it's exactly what everyone expected. That's what we're getting. Um, you're getting um, probably higher margins, I would have thought, than, than we had anticipated as, those, uh, as the fibre build-out build finishes. The big news for me was that the, the, they're sort of pivoting away from being a reseller and towards higher value, higher margin um, services. Oh. Um, and that part of the business is growing and it attracts higher margins. That's the future for Aussie, really. Right. Um, it may be the market doesn't want to pay up for that. I mean, this is still this is not a cheap stock. This is this is this has been on very big multiples. It's attracted a huge following, and and I think this is just a simply a matter of the market derating a, a growth darling, um, even though the results have been very good. Right. Um, and and you know there, there's a certain rationality to that. We have we're in a different environment now, and I think you can sensibly debate that growth stocks probably don't. You know which growth stocks deserve big multiples and which yeah. don't, and then you can see that battle playing out in Aussie broadband now. Okay. Uh, I still think it's it's a buy. Um, you know, at, at this price, I think it looks quite attractive. Mm -hmm. I think management's fantastic, well incentivized. They have a dedicated plan. They have the resources to carry it out, and I'd be backing them. I own the stock. Um, we don't own it in the fund. We sold it at higher prices to reallocate elsewhere. I should also say I own Lavisa and and our fund right. okay. Lavisa as well. Uh, let me <coughs> start with it was a market darling. Just yep. about every fund yep. manager had it. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Uh, so the problem <laughs> when it gets to that kind mm. of listing where everyone has it, so where's the marginal buyer coming from on the big scale? It was hard to find because everyone who wanted it already had it. Yep. Uh, and everyone loved talking about it. Everyone was reverse broking it. And that's that's the big thing. It, it attracted a big multiple. It, ju it just shows you about growth stocks. Everyone in the last couple of years, the good growth stocks, got massive love. And for the right reason. When you got yields falling apart, um, and asset yeah. prices running, this is what happens. And mm. these guys were beneficiary of that. It's just unwinding as we've said. I mean, right. I don't disagree. I think it's a good business model. I actually like the sector, but it's, it's almost like a weird concept in that sector because everyone's getting belted. Telstra are just holding <laughs> and yeah. it's doing nothing. Everyone else is going wee. And I'm like looking at a number of them and go, this is an interesting time because mm. it's actually, Telstra is holding up the sector. It is one of the few sectors Telecommunication, where we are outperforming the U.S. counterpart, mm. which yep. is not many, only healthcare and telco. So it, it is an interesting sector for me, but it's still in a market where they don't want to pay for this. So I don't know what the multiple is. I'm waiting to see how it settles okay. down, and I'm waiting to see what the growth stocks are going to do. This is a growth stock in a telco sector, so it's a bit of a weird one. But great management. They're executing what they said. Just the market paid too much. Now they want to pay less. That's the part that I can't get my head around. So it is one I'm looking at, but... It, 
I want to see more weakness because there's too many people in the stock. They all need to get out. Okay. And that's when I want to get <laughs> There into. might be some truth to that. This might be that you need to see a big shakeout. And, and Nathan's right. He did actually say this earlier as well to his credit that this was a well-loved, well-over-owned yeah. stock. It's just something I don't concern myself with really. I mean, I'm, I want to own the business as it's being built over a long period of time. What happens year to year is probably less important okay. to me. That's just my style thing, and, and Nathan is, is more engaged in what happens year to year and wants to catch catch it low and, and sell it high, which is just a yeah. style thing. Right. That's a different thing. Yeah. Okay, so uh, let's move on to the stock you want to mm. look at. Still in the sector is Macquarie mm. Telecom, one that you're looking at at the moment. Yeah, I mean, it's again, another one that's interesting, but it's a bit illiquid. That's probably what mm. one of the things that it holds up in. Right. Really good management. They execute mm. well. I actually got a friend of mine working there, and the amount of shares he got at such low prices. My oh. God, he's done well. Uh, not because he knows what he's doing. He's just got it. It's like when I <laughs> when I first <laughs> started. That's your backhanded compliment. I know, but it's, it's like when <laughs> and he's a friend. Yeah. Well, it was like me when I started my career. Mm. I went into Citigroup. Was Sa- right. was counting at West Salomon mm. Brothers Citigroup. You're given shares. I have no idea what I was doing. Right. And it's only when, you know, just before GFC, you realise, and when I got out of the firm, I sold out. And I'm like, damn, that's a lot of money. Right. But you just don't realise it. Right. And okay. that's the beauty of working in a good business uh, yeah. at the right part of the cycle. And yeah. oh, look, these guys are great. It's illiquid. Just, yeah. Uh, again, another stock that everyone knows it's really good management and they all know how well they execute. And it gets that discount because of the liquidity. So it's not really anything that you're going to ever find unless unless there's a complete belt up. Right. It's one I sit there and go, I should have bought it earlier, but I didn't. Right. And you're not prepared to. No, I'm not chasing no. in this kind of market. Yeah. Gora? I own this stock as well. This yeah, the first three, the first three stocks. Have <laughs> yeah, for a while. All, all my stocks. Because um, of their data center yeah. business as well, is that? It's interesting talking about Aussie Broadband and Macquarie together because yeah. I think Macquarie is a version of Aussie Broadband maybe 15 years fast oh. forward ahead, you know. I, I can so see... So you're saying Aussie is a mini Macquarie? I think it's making it could that evolve into one. I yeah. mean, when, we, when I first came across Macquarie, they were doing just corporate telco services. They were a, I would say, always been extremely well run, very disciplined, fantastic management from day dot. But I think even they would admit that they had a, a lower quality business when they first started. Right. It was a real hustle to get that thing up and running. Um, and over time, they used the profits and the surplus cash flow to deploy into much better quality, higher margin, um, better quality businesses, uh, data centers, security, government contracts. Um, they now own uh, about you know, 50 megawatts of, of data center capacity. Most of that is in Macquarie Park um, in New South Wales. Mm-hmm. And, and that thing is really just ramping up. They've right. gone through a huge CapEx phase. So the, the full earnings potential is not yet in the numbers, which is why it looks very silly on multiples. But the earnings power of this business is really big. And you'll start seeing that flowing through the numbers over the next few years. Um, and I think these guys also are just getting started. There is so much potential growth for this company. Unlike, say, Next DC, when these guys do data centers, they actually add a lot more service revenue right. on top of it. So NextDC is a pure co-location, yep. um, whereas these guys uh, get the customers in and then they service them as well. So once they get customers in, um, their revenue uh, per megawatt actually grows. It doubles once they get them in over time. So, so I had a good pullback in the 
last week or two. They have. I'm not quite sure um, what happened there. It, it's a very illiquid stock. The That's management the owns 50% of the stock and they have right. for a long time. It, I don't think it's ever raised equity that I can remember. It's been very conservatively geared for most of its life, although it's holding decent licks of debt now as it goes through its building sure. phase. Um, that, that does not concern me at all. I, I think this is a wonderful business, uh, one you can hold for the long term of confidence. Um, I, I do and I intend to. Right. Whether you want to hold it now is really about your personal preference. For me, I still see value here and I, I think one can buy this pretty comfortably. But Nathan's point is well observed. I, I think there is a chance this goes lower. It is in the target of, of the market at the moment and it looks pretty bad on, multi on multiples and conventional numerics, yep. which you know I have, I have yep. disdain for. Um, <laughs> but if that's what you're doing, you're never going to buy a stock like okay. this. No, you will. Just, you just have to be patient. <laughs> <laughs> Look at his tone. Yes. You just have to be patient, my son. Yes. Yeah, I can almost I feel the pat on the head know. as you were saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it's exactly. the, uh, what's that? Uh, it's mm. like grasshopper. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> grasshopper, yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it. All right. Mm. Um, all right. Uh, Louis wants a view on Magnus Energy. Uh, wants to have his mate, the Nungorov, rate it. Uh, Andrew, uh, this of course is the um, lithium ion battery manufacturer uh, entering scale production at their 60% owned New York Gigafactory. Uh, I viewed this, according to Louis, as a significant de risking of the stock, but the market appears to have broadly priced this in already. I tend not to place any uh, value on its Tanzanian graphite mine. Um, is there uh, upside to this one, Gorat? I had never heard of this business until a couple of days ago. Um, I forgot the market cap math. I think it's like half a billion dollars or something, right? Yep. Um, which is astonishing. There's this half a billion dollar business I'd never heard of. But I was struck by the sheer ambition. So they want to manufacture batteries. They have um, battery tech that they're trying to roll out to other manufacturers themselves. And then in addition to that, they have a graphite business that they're trying to build in Tanzania. Yeah. And I just think that is too much activity. You need to pick one of those things and, and stick to it, yeah. not try and do all three. I think it's a huge distraction, muddies the valuation, um, muddies capital allocation. And I would, if I was um, involved in this business, I'd separate all those three activities, pick one and what, run it as best you can. I don't like the structure of the company at all. But um, you know, if, if you're, if that doesn't bother you, then what they're doing is interesting. They have um, a man; they're in a joint <coughs> venture to manufacture um, batteries um, in the U.S. Uh, look, I would just question the investment case here. It is not good enough. It is not good enough to say there's going to be a lot more electric vehicles. There's going to be a lot more batteries. Let's yep. go buy a battery maker. Yep. That is the single worst way. If you if if you wanted to lose money, I would suggest take that approach. Go take a demand side approach. Find some themes and invest in them. I think you're a great shot of losing money over time. Right. Um, it's an awful way to invest. Uh, you know, you've really got to do your research if you're buying something like this. You've got to know about what's the economics of batteries, what's the marginal um, return on, on battery production, what's the capex involved. Um, just from a quick look, I can see that there's probably 30 um, competitors entering the market. The one thing, the reason that a hot theme in a hot sector ultimately mostly destroys value over time is because it attracts lots of capital. Yeah. And there's nothing that um, disrupts profit more than the um, introduction of fresh capital into an industry. Yeah. Just think about coal. We haven't made huge fortunes in coal because it's hot, because demand's going through the roof. It's because capital has been fleeing that sector. Mm. 
And in a similar pattern, when capital is attracted to a sector, most likely you'll see rate of returns and profitability fall for everyone. And that is my concern about battery manufacture. It's very sexy, it's really hot. Mm. Um, you know, everyone wants to be a part of it, and that's exactly why you're probably not going to make much money from it. Okay. Now, if, if, you, if you think, you know, you might, you, maybe I'm wrong, but the, the path to take um, to make the investment case is to go and find out everything you can about the economics of battery manufacture, um, know that really well, and then understand what your likely rate of return is going to be. The path to invest is not to say that there's a lot of battery demand, let's go buy a battery maker. That's right. my caution. Um, this is just don't know it well enough, enough. so I, I, I can't comment further right. than that. Yeah, yeah look, I, I've actually looked at this um, before. Um, mm. The EV thematic place, right? Yeah. Um, and we're going to talk about a number of the energy stocks. It's actually interesting, the whole macro of the energy stocks at the moment. EV ran, and then coal ran, and yeah. then um, you've had uranium running, uh, <coughs> and yeah. LNG. I mean, LNG prices to Japan from Australia? Yeah, I've never seen like, it like that. It's gone berserk. Yeah. Like, mm. we're talking all-time highs now. Mm. Um, <coughs> and oil is the last one. OPEC is now squeezing the supply. Mm. And I'm waiting for them to squeeze it. I expected them to squeeze it, and they're going to come just before the midterm, and there's a squeeze coming. Right. And US has, their strategic reserves are at historical lows. Right. So their response will be very weak. So <coughs> there's a squeeze coming. So if you look at all the energy sources, all of them are doing well. And now, the question would be, is, is now the time to look at a battery manufacturer? Uh, Graf's right, this is sad because I have to agree, but uh, <laughs> if you're playing in a game where manufacturing battery is your play, that's going to be tough. There's a lot of players in that. Graphite, I think that thematic that plays on the side, I think when battery starts to see competition and people start to worry about it, then the graphite will come into play, so that's your protection. So that kind of plays okay. Um, you wouldn't sell EV at the moment because where the macro is, all EV commodity uh, technology stocks will do continue to do well. So I'm holding the stock. It's not a sell, I'm holding the stock. But just be aware that these thematics can get challenged and we know yeah. a lot of players are coming into the market. So you just got to manage your risk. So if you've been there for a while, I'll be taking some money off the table as it runs up mm -hmm. and then manage your risk. Right. See, because these are stocks very early in the story. We are going into an economic slowdown and funding will get harder and they will be needing more capital, it gets a bit messy. Yep. So you've got to be careful. So I like it, it's a hold, but it's not a thematic that people, you know, finding out for the first time. So right. a fair bit that, of that is priced in, so yep. just be careful. And you've got to do your homework, Connor. That's it. Um, all right, Jason wants a view, Nathan, on Shaver Shop. You, have been, oh. you mentioned before, look at retailers, LaVisa, and you threw in Shaver Shop no, as look, the best managed. Look, this thing, I. When I first looked at it, I said, this is crap. How can this business survive? That's, that was my first view. And I, I've, yep. you know, I think I was working at, um, previously I worked at City, and underneath the building at Town Hall, there was a share shop. Yep. I just walked in and said, how is this going to challenge online? It's going to get killed. And then I go to Woolies, a big W or Kmart, and you can buy this stuff. I said, this is not going to do well. Yep. I was so wrong. <laughs> and they why, don't, why do you think? I think people want to buy those things and they right. don't want to spend, they're not willing to, you know, they don't want to wait, they just want no. to go and buy stuff. And I did that and I, you know, if I, clippers. Um, yeah. So I wanted to buy clippers or something and then you buy another thing, this trimmer, that trimmer, <coughs> and you pick it up and it's fairly well priced. You pick it up yeah. straight away, you walk off. You're not there for some fancy handle, you just want something that executes mm. and they have all the options. And it's, it's a boring business, but it's a solid business. and. You look through the cycle and they keep executing and I go, they're still having good recent rollouts, the online's doing well. 
it's a good business, but on the flip side of that, everyone knows that. Now. Right. Okay. So it's priced well. If you've been there, it's doing well. I'm happy to hold it. I don't think they're going to blow up or anything. But look, if you're going for the next run up, I think this will struggle, but I think it will do okay. Great. I wouldn't put this in the same basket as LaVisa. Oh, I didn't is, think you this would. Is, <laughs> this is <not> <laughs> There are a couple of... I think he did it deliberately. Yeah, just, just to wound me up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he tends to do that. Um, there are some really good retailers in Australia. Um, this is on the good retailer list, but it's certainly not in that top tier with, um, right. with LaVisa. But I was really... I'm always surprised when I open up presentations and see the numbers here. The numbers are always really impressive. Um, yeah. I think from, from memory, mm. these guys have um, one of the highest, if not the highest, per square metre revenue in the country of any retailer. Wow, more than um, JB Hi-Fi. Per square metre revenue. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a tiny store. Yeah, it's a tiny yeah. store. No, no, tiny no, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and so it's really impressive. Um, and 50% of their sales, I think, are now online, um, which Jeez. has been, which was only, I think it was like 10% pre-COVID mm. or something. Is it a franchise model or company-owned? Um, I don't even know. I don't, even know. I don't think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's interesting. Yeah. But Nathan asked, you know, why do these guys make such, um, why is it successful? And one of the reasons is that it's established itself as such an important channel for its um, suppliers that... 50% of mm. all its sales are actually exclusive to Shaver Shop. Yeah. And that makes it a bit harder to replicate. You, right. know, you, you can't okay. pick you up the same the thing in, the in other Woolies places, or yeah. somewhere else. And that's a big deal. I, I quite like the, the business. I think you're right. It, it's clearly very well managed. Yeah. Um, well and in terms of working capital, inventory, like it's all the basics of retail are really nicely done in But this is also, it doesn't go bad. Like they yeah, can keep yeah, the inventory right. for a long time. <laughs> right. yeah. and, and if I'm buying a clipper, yeah. once I'm used to a clipper, I'm going to buy the same thing. I'm not going yeah. to be exotic, right? And most people just buy the standard stuff. So you can actually keep the inventory for a long time. Yeah, yeah you're right. It's funny, and blokes do do that. <laughs> if it works, you just buy the same thing. You don't want my wife, anything to my go My wife sent me to buy a replacement for the microwave. I did not even have the model. Would you believe I bought the exactly exact same the <laughs> same thing, exactly the same thing without looking at you it? You know how it works. You don't want the extra decision making. So I, I find buying this harder. Well, let me just um, listen right to this, right? So during, since 2019, so pre-COVID, margins are up 50%, stock turns have doubled. This is still, uh, it's hard to know what normalized earnings are. Right, okay. That's why I'm not buying. Look, right. the multiples okay. actually make this look very cheap. Yeah. It's not expensive at all. But I suspect there's just elevated um, profits that's, running through the whole That's telling structure. you something. Yeah. Retailer, cheap multiple, that means... That's usually a warning sign. sign. You're right. Okay. Yeah. All right. Hold. Uh, all right. Mm. Uh, hold. Hold. Yeah. Okay. All right. I thought it you were uh, saying no. You oh, no, don't look, trust it, the earnings. Well, I, it's not that I don't trust the earnings. I don't know what the Gee. correct level of um, right. of margin and sales to run so through. So I, I just don't know. Nathan. Okay. All right. <laughs> uh, Ingram wants a view on uh, Borel, the big building mm. supply group, uh, been through a lot of changes the last two years, uh, flogged their uh, American business, focusing more on Australia, Gora? Yeah, it's been a disaster for a long time. Yep. Uh, it's, you know, in, internally, uh, we, we often compare Boral management to Brickworks management. Uh, I've said it a thousand times, Brickworks has such a, you know, it's not a great quality business, that, yep. that building products um, uh, segment, but management is so fantastic. They just, um, they're so thoughtful capital allocation. They work their butts off. They know that business really, really well, and they don't go off and, and waste a dollar of shareholders' money on anything. It's right. it's the kind of business you can generate a real comfort with. Um, yep. Whereas Boral, 
every time they've got new they, management they got new management yep that's right but in the past every time they've released an announcement you, you sort of freeze up and think oh shit, what have they done this time right. um that's a sort of company you really don't want to be involved with but as you say management's change and i think the big change has really come from the 70 percent shareholder in um, seven group boral is an old business with lots and lots of assets there is a really good quality business in there like their cement yeah. business is, is is pretty decent um, they've got some um, interesting quarrying um, businesses and parts of their construction, Australian construction business, I think can generate double digit returns on capital, which is right. a great outcome in that industry. It's just surrounded by lots of awful businesses that obscures the good stuff. Now, I think Channel 7 is going to work to generate value here. Or 7 Group. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> so, 7 Group. 7 Ways, 7 Group. I, yep. I always get that mixed yeah, up. Yeah, Gosh, yeah, I think yeah, you've corrected yeah, yeah. me every time I've <laughs> mentioned it. <laughs> I think 7 Group's going to work hard to, to clear that up. Um, I actually think this is a hold. Um, mm. uh, I think there's a good shot here. You, For the first time, maybe ever, you get some value realisation mm. out of what yeah. has been an awful investment for a long time. Oh. Or do, or it's very close or to being a buy for me, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. Or, do, or do you hold Seven Group instead? That's it. And See, so you for get me, the exposure with yeah, the I've safety been, net. I've been looking at certain sectors that are turning around on a positive play. Media's doing well. Yeah. Um, mining services are starting to turn around. CapEx numbers are looking good. Yeah. Energy's doing well. And I go, Seven Group has a bid on everything. Yeah. And I was like, why yeah, yeah. would I not? played through seven group right. rather than buy borrow. Okay. So in that context, <clears throat> I mean, the best in the business is James Hardy and they're rolling over. If yeah. you look at the housing construction index in the US, that's rolling over. Interest rates are rising. Um, it's a tough play at the moment. You want that exposure? Played through seven group. You've got okay. a lot more ponies running for you. All right. Um, got to keep a move on here. Sarah wants a view on Terracom. Uh, and of course, we've got the King of Coal uh, on the uh, <laughs> panel today, and, and even Sarah acknowledges that. Um, would you prefer out of the coal stocks, New Hope, Whitehaven, or Terracom, all showing good charts? Gorav, any thoughts on Terracom? <laughs> Don't jump on the charts. Yeah, yeah I let, was the charts say, go, let the charts go. Let the charts go. Let it go. Let it go. You won't get far talking to me about charts. <laughs> let you get a, go, you get a wagging finger and <laughs> some glaring comments. Terracom the last week only because yeah. I've got to declare I've got some in my little mm. super fund. Mm. Uh, burst through a bucket share um, yeah. over the last two weeks or so. Yeah, yeah. No, it's well, like any coal stock, it's had a yeah. huge run. Look, I'm a bit more cautious on on Terracom. Mm. I, I just, they own two bunch of assets. There's, there's the Blair Athol mine in, in Queensland, which is actually a fantastic mine. It's a, it's yeah. a, it's a pretty good mine. It has shortish mine life, I'd say. Yeah. And, um, and the quality I would call middling. So a 5,500 cal, you really want closer to 6,000, which is what Whitehaven has. Um, so, and then quality is really important. If you look at the distribution of returns from coal miners, everyone thinks coal miners have all gone bonkers. Yeah. No, in yeah. fact, only a selection of coal miners has gone bonkers. Those had to have high-quality thermal, thermal coal. Thermal, yeah. not metallurgical. And high-quality thermal coal. There's lots right. of grades of thermal coal. Coal is not like gold or copper where you get a single right. product. Uh, the grades really matter. And so the high-energy high thermal coals have done well. There are low-energy thermal coals that are still trading at $80. Like low-energy thermal coal is $80 a tonne compared to $400 a tonne for the high-energy yeah. stuff. So yeah. the dispersion in the market has been huge. And to do well, you've had to hold the high stuff. Right. Now, Blairithol is, is a decent asset, but it's really small. They're doing 3 million tonnes a year, really small, low, um, a short mine life. 
And then they've got all this stuff in South Africa. And if you've been involved in mining over a long period of time, you just know you don't touch South Africa. It is the, one of the worst places to do business for, for a miner. You got that, um, the government f forces you to um, sell your equity stake to, um, to other shareholders. And that usually destroys the operation so by itself. So is this just South Africa or Africa? No, South Africa, uh, specific, South specifically South Africa. Right. There's other places in Africa that are fine, but South Africa is one of the worst. You've got ESCOM, the power business that never uh, delivers power and charge, and, and, and you ha you, if you're a coal miner, you're almost forced to do low value contracts to ESCOM, which these guys are right. doing. Okay. And then you've got um, a rail system where uh, locals strip out the, the copper out of the rail system and it doesn't rail, okay. the red trains don't run. So I, I would almost value that entire South African business very lowly. I don't think the Australian business is good enough on its own. I, I just don't see why you'd take the additional risk in Terracom when you've got beautiful miners like New Hope and Whitehaven sitting there with, with, with proven management, with proven resources, and okay. they're just spitting out dividends. Alright. Asking for a friend, would you take your profits on Terracom? I probably would. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Look, uh, I'd be stupid not mm. to take advice from right. Gaurav on call. Um, <coughs> look, he's been right on it. Um, looking at the risk return, look, it's really hard to see a lot of upside. But look, the thing is, that market is broken. As I said before, there's a number of the energy mm. sector, all parts of the energy sector is doing well. And coal is doing well. Um, but the risk return in where we are in the cycle, if you've done, you've already had the run, right? Everyone's had the run in the coal sector. Oh. So take that money, if you're going to be there, okay. go so to the big guys. Ah, oh, right. Go okay. to the big guys, if you want to do it. For me, on a pr if, when I'm looking at the numbers, I actually think the oil stocks are probably yeah, the play I'm now, <clears throat> because we all know how coal's right. done well, we all know the others, and we'll get to that one, and then we'll talk about that one. <laughs> okay, all right. So you're saying take profits on all of them? Uh, all coal stocks, I would even be. Whitehaven and New Hope. Uh, look, I think if you've had a good run, you should start to take profits gradually. I think you should, uh, because I don't know when the cycle turns and when right. people start throwing the baby out with the bathwater, it doesn't matter how good you are. Gaurav says the my first cycle parcel, won't turn. Well, yeah, well, every cycle turns eventually, yeah, but right. this one is is harder. I must oh, say. Look, I. Um, I yeah. I've been wrong yeah. in the context that we probably have been on a whole strategy and that's right. been going up on the whole strategy. So we've been wrong on that, but that doesn't, that doesn't change the strategy. The strategy yep. is about risk management and we just don't know where the level You're is. Right. So yeah. I think you have to de-risk yeah. if you've done well, take some okay. off the table. I'm not saying sell all of it, but gradually sell, just you, be smart. You be don't smart. want to be in a position where you've got this really a, a once in 20 year commodity um, disruption um, mm. and you lose money on it. Yeah. Like you just feel like such a goose yeah, if, yep. if you did that. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah. All right, let's recap the uh, first five stocks, two stocks of the day. LaVisa, a hold from both, buy on weakness from uh, from Gaurav. Uh, Aussie Broadband, uh, still a buy for Gaurav, a no from Mathan. Macquarie Telecom, a hold from Gaurav, a no from Mathan. Magnus, the other way around, hold from Mathan, a no from Gaurav. Shaver Shop, a hold from both. Boral, uh, a hold from uh, um, from Gorab Mathan says go in through Seven Group uh, is probably a better bet and take profits on Terracom. Um, here on the call, we've been tracking our own high conviction fantasy fund. Uh, it's put together by the Invesco investment committee, which uh, Mathan is on. Uh, last episode, 
meeting of the committee live on the platform ausbiz.com now. Uh, at that committee meeting in August, they took uh, profits removed, ordinate, added Oz Minerals up the holding in Woodside. And if we see how the fund has been going since the 1st of March, up almost five. At CMC, we've been in the game for a while. And although a lot of things have changed, our mentality hasn't. We aim to give experienced traders the best trading experience, like our expert platform with its second-to-none trading tools. Plus, our pricing is completely transparent. That's why people who've been trading for a long time stay with us for a long time. So if you're serious about trading, switch to the market leader trusted for over 30 years. Trade CFDs your way at CMC cmcmarkets.com. You don't own underlying assets. Consider relevant PDS and TMD or information memorandum for CMC Pro accounts at our website. All right, let's get into uh, the second half of the show. Going to be looking at Bega, Karoon Energy, Pro Biotech, Jumbo Interactive and CBA. So really good cross-section there. Um, Gaurav, uh, Nathan wants a view on Bega, the big dairy group, but also owns Vegemite mm. and peanut butter as well. Some iconic Australian food brands. What do you think of Bega? Nathan will have, I think, more insight than me on this one. Uh, he's called the whole sector really well, but um, it's had a tough time, hasn't it? Um, I, I like the broad strategy of, of Bega. I like that it's moved from being a really poor quality, capital intensive, generic processor, and it's now owning yeah. brands. I would like to see the fulfillment of that strategy and ultimately getting rid of the, the, the poor quality processing. I'm not quite sure why the business would hold on to that once it's got a, a better yeah. collection of brands. I don't know what, what is to be gained. You can free up a lot of capital and make your returns um, look much better if, if you do that. And that's kind of what I'm waiting for. I think there's an opportunity there to, to make a better business by, by making it smaller. As it stands now, I probably wouldn't buy it. Um, I, oh. just, I just, the quality, it's probably not, it doesn't breach my quality thresholds. It has to be really cheap. If it was getting down towards book and it was traditionally very, very cheap, I think absolutely there's an opportunity there. But apart from that, look, mm. I, I just don't think it's, um, it's, it's good enough. Um, I, I like what they're doing broadly. I just want to, I want to see the next step taken. I want to see the poor quality processing um, assets um, shed off. And, okay. and then I'll be more interested. Nathan, this fits into your food thematic. Yeah. That's been going on pro oh, this is annoying. Uh, this is annoying. I have to keep agreeing with you. That uh, is annoying. This <laughs> is very <laughs> annoying for me too. It is, mm. but it, this is a different side of that business. But uh, that's one of the reasons why I'm looking at it because it's all the input costs yeah. are going through the roof because of uh, what right. thematic that I'm going with. Uh, <clears throat> and I think this is, this is, reminds me of Telstra. Um, so in hey, the early days, bigger reminds you of Telstra. Wait, 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 wait! I know it's a long. I was processing, thinking, did I? It's a long bow, but I'll tell you why. Yeah. Telstra pre-selling the infrastructure assets, mm. they were basically chasing their own tail. Right. They had to compete in the retail. They had to sell. They had to compete, and that's when they become right. solid. Because they've they've had this as grub. Oh, the processing there business. they've got right. they've mm. got a processing business they've got the brands now which i thought they should be doing so i agree with what they did there yeah. they have to make that big call to clean out the business model and move to the next the market is waiting for that i think when that when they do make that next big mm. strategic move i think it'll climb are they when good enough to do that is the management that good is, enough to do that okay this is where i'm not so sure right and i'm in a similar uh, way i'm looking at blackmores as well there is a certain level of strategic execution that needs to be played out. And when that happens, these things will have a good run. And you have a bit of inflation come out of the input uh, costs. 
then that'll help them as well. So at the moment, the guys who are making the food is finally getting the love. The guys who, you know, <laughs> the media guys like mm. the A2 milk and so forth yep. have given up a lot. So now is not the time to jump into the branding guys. You're still with the guy who's producing, but that cycle will turn at some point. So that's why I'm keeping an eye on it. I like what they've done. I think there's one leg they need to do and they need the macro to come their way. It is not at the moment. So I think I'm staying out, but I am keeping an eye on Vega and okay. Blackmores. Both right. of them are future plays. Okay. Uh, Pete wants a view, Nathan, on Karoon Energy, the uh, oil and gas group with projects in Australia, Peru and Brazil. Yeah, look, I like it. Um, the, we used to call it the Kaboom. Um, yes, that's uh, right. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a Kaboom. It <laughs> um, blow itself up all the time. No, it, 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 when it takes off, it takes off. All oh, right. Uh, no, and it has blown itself up. It has blown time. itself yeah. up. I mean, this is, you know, the nature of the business, I suppose. Um, look, this is one of the few oil producers in our market. Yeah. You know, everything else is LNG or infrastructure play. This is actually an oil producer. Uh, Brazil, um, again, my thematic, um, on, we actually uh, went into the, uh, went into Karoon for our models. Uh, on the pullback and the result was great. It's had a good run and I think it continues to go up. I think the oil stocks are starting to look interesting. Um, everyone knows what's happening in the LNG, coal and even uranium on yeah. the long-term outlook now with Japan coming into play. Um, and I think that plays out into oil. Oil is the laggard out of the energy play. So um, it's been the one that we've gone to. Um, Brazil, you know. What like Karoon has been. Yeah. Right. So we've gone into the, that for that exposure. Um, so I think it plays well. I think the whole energy sector plays well into the second half. So and I expect at the, still at these prices? Yeah, I, I, I'm a buyer here. I'm okay. a buyer. We have been. Mm. Uh, it's had a good bounce. Um, it's down today. And yes, it'll get thrown out with the, you know, the whole market panic. But I think it's a really good business model where it is now. I'm not saying... Right. It's a great business model. For the macro, it's a good business model at the moment. Uh, I own it. Yeah, yeah, we've owned it, um, well, almost since the share price was 50% lower. Um, we've done really well out of Karoon. Now our, our funds own it. Um, the, we, uh, you know, we made an investment case that um, this, this is a business, by the way, that terrifies everyone in the sector <laughs> because it's been a disaster for well over a decade. Right. Um, you know, they made a huge discovery uh, in the early 2000s off the coast of WA and they sold that, that big gas accumulation to Origin for an absolute bomb. And Origin, um, <laughs> over time, wrote the whole thing off to, I think, zero eventually. But, but Karun was sitting there with a big pile of cash for years and years and did nothing with it. Um, paid themselves a fortune. Um, I think it was very poor quality management at the time. That's all been cleaned out and they've got really good quality management. Management I really respect is in there. Um, the former founder of AWE is now chair. Um, got a lot of time for, for Bruce Phillips. Um, the, they've picked up some really good technical mm -hmm. people from Brazil and they bought over an, an asset in Brazil. Petrobras, which is the Brazilian state oil yeah. company, they've been selling um, oil accumulations all over Brazil because they want to focus on super deep um, pre-salt, um, you know, sort of prehistoric uh, oil accumulations, um, yeah. and, and they're big and expensive, so they're funding that by selling off um, okay. smaller fields. So um, Karun picked up uh, an old field, and they've been working that over. Really good returns from that. The profit was fantastic, and they've got um, a couple of other fields that they're linking them all together with common processing facilities. I reckon they can maybe triple production over the next five years. Um, and uh, with sensible management and sensible capital allocation, you should get really good returns out of this. I think, I, look, I actually think that it's, it's run a long way. As I said, it's up yep. almost doubled since, since yeah. I, uh, we first um, bought it. 
but I really want to get into the portfolio, so I'm going to give it a buy because <laughs> oh, I think I think oh. it should should get in there. There you go. Um, well, and I okay. still think um, I still I'll think there's it. an aversion to Karoon in the investment community because the name is toxic. Um, <laughs> but this management's really good. The assets are mm -hmm. really good. If they can prove good capital allocation, so far it's been okay. Uh, if they can carry that on, I think this this goes um, right. this does much better. Well, Mason will be happy because yeah. the last investment committee. Uh, he was saying we don't have enough energy yes, I in, yes, the, uh, in the portfolio, yes. so this will come up. Yeah, and get so, it through, mate. Yeah, yeah, come on. <laughs> well, let's see. <laughs> <laughs> well, he plays his cards close to his chest, doesn't he? All yeah, right, I get um, too uh, Graham, Roger wants a view on pro-biotech. Hmm. Uh, Roger says a profitable, dividend-paying manufacturer and distributor of prescription and over-the-counter pharmaceuticals and health products globally six manufacturing plants in Australia, contracts seem mostly long-term, performance since listing has been solid considering the current economic climate. I'm seeing it as a defensive sleep at night holding. Do you see it that way? Um, I, I just don't know the, the, the business, Koshi. Everything uh, the viewer says, I, I agree with. I, I was really surprised when I had a look at this as well. I did not expect to see a profitable dividend paying business yeah. with, I agree, pretty stable mm. uh, revenues, um, reasonable profits, reasonable returns, like everything, the numbers here look really good. Right. I've never heard of it before. I don't know don't know how they've generated this. Um, I, I just think you need to st take a step back and go, I need to go and research the right. the business, which you can't do in 20 minutes. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, everything looks interesting. So it's, it's on your watch list? It's probably contender for, for more research. I will say that generally these sort of businesses don't make great returns um, but you know the exceptions to the exceptions are always better uh, you know like the um, every time there's a there's a general rule about an industry the exception yeah. is the one to really look for um, yeah. like, you know Aussie, Aussie Broadband like most of those these companies um, resellers make no money the one that does is often really really good okay. um, the you know there was that airline in the in the US that pioneered low-cost airfare uh, the name escapes me but the Southwest. Southwest thank you yeah that was been a that's been a great investment for a long time, even though airlines are lousy industry. So right. the exception is always worth pursuing. Yeah, so I just need more work to see if this is an exception. Okay. But generally, this Spark is an industry um, yep. you want to be careful about. Uh, look, um, probiotics, um, my son's needs. I've actually, when, when the name came up, mm. I looked at it. Uh, not just then, because I actually follow a number of fund managers and what their main holdings are to keep a track of all that. And there was a couple of guys who were in this stock. Oh. And so I've been looking at this for a long time going, hmm, interesting. And um, it's, a, you know, it plays into the food thematic and so yep, forth. Yep. It, look, it's a solid business um, and it's been for a while and it's relatively well run. The guys who own this stock, they are big into management. So mm. my feel is the management would be pretty good okay. and mm. they'd be executing quite mm. well. Nice. And it's not a choppy business model. It's been pretty well um, performing, uh, but look, I, I just, you know, Graf's right in the context that it's not going to shoot the lights out. You know, it's one where they'll be solid, you'll get a good yield. It's and quite a narrow trading range. Yeah, it, it just, you know, it's good. So it's like, right. I mean, I think it's a good business and I think it does well in their category. Okay, so Roger is saying he's seeing it as a defensive sleep at night holding. Yeah, well, apart from the fact that both probiotics helps you sleep at night, <laughs> it is actually, it will as an investment strategy. Uh, you know, if I'm looking for the yield thematic defensive, I think it holds up. The only thing is in this kind of market, you've got to think of the scale, the size. Yeah. So, for example, uh, you know, for us, we've just recently uh, added West Farmers 
um, after the result uh, in the defensive yield thematic. So the scale in this market for me is important, being right. big and being a gorilla. These guys are not a gorilla, but look, it's a really well-run business and they execute well. So I can't argue against it. Okay. It's a hold for me. Hold for I, I, yeah, it's really good business. Okay. Just not that big. All right, Lana wants a view uh, on Jumbo Interactive, the online, okay, everyone describes it as a online lottery business. Uh, they say, no, we're a software business that mm. just, and we're um, sort of exporting that software overseas to the US for digital lotteries, which are, um, their, their argument is that Australia is an early adopter of mm. buying lotteries online. Yeah. Um, so they're trying to convince the rest of the world to do it. I remember in the early days, and this is going back, geez, probably, I don't know how many years, more than six or seven, probably eight years, um, it was supposed to be that Tapcorp uh, got cooks and they were going to build a competitive product and this was going to get killed off. Yeah. And it was just supposed to be thrown out. And we all said, ah, it's going bust. Yep. It gets higher. It's going bust. Yep. It's going higher. <laughs> so it is one there. It has proven a lot of people wrong. Oh, yeah. um, it's a good, solid business. Yep. Um, look, I, I, I think it's good. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Uh, competitors, I mean, it's, you get this story about competitors coming to kill it off every yeah. time, but it hasn't. No. So they've held up really well, and we gamble like no one else. Mm. Um, I don't know if we're going to get the same kind of gambling, but, but uh, look, I think it does play well. It always scares me when people start saying they're a SaaS model. Um, but in saying that, look, Gambling in a tough macro actually does well. Yeah. It's kind of a warped human thing. Yeah. We gamble more when it's tough because yeah. we want that you know, bailout. Um, so look, I think it does well. I, I'm more than happy to, uh, I wouldn't chase it here. Um, it's been, I mean, it's been hit a bit, but um, I'm more than happy to, actually if you're in it, I'm more than happy to hold, hold it. it. Right. Um, I would, you know, it's one where, again, a lot of the tech stocks have been absolutely hammered. And this is one that I'm, when the market turns, when I think the market has done the pullback, this is one I would be getting into mm. because it's undervalued for the defensive nature of what it is. Okay, Gaurav? Yeah, um, so this is a, a reseller really, a reseller of um, the lotteries corporations called now, of their, of their product. And yep. it's almost an, an irrational product. I had a, I've had a lot of problem with this. Um, I've, I have owned it in the past and done reasonably well out of it, but I really had to fight my own instincts because I still don't understand why anyone uses this product because you could buy um, a, a tablet, uh, the T or C lottery ticket, mm. and it's cheaper than buying, going to Jumbo and buying their lottery ticket because they have to pay, wow. um, they have to, there's a margin on top of that. I don't understand why anyone pays, I think about 10 bucks more or something, whatever it is, why, why you pay more for that when you can get exactly the same product cheaper. But Lotteries isn't exactly a, a rational industry, no. and if you're going to get silly behaviour anyway, you're probably going to get it hey, here. Hey, you're, you're going for the 10 million, so yeah. it doesn't matter if you're yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> The other thing I've learned while holding the stock in the past was that um, it, uh, it's a it's a habitual thing. So um, people who who use um, Jumbo's uh, reseller product, they uh, they buy on the same day same uh, the same product with frequency and regularity, and that that regularity makes this a really nice cash flow machine. Mm. Um, what they're doing now is they're using that cash flow and they're reinvesting it into their software platform. So they've, um, what they, I think, and it's quite an astute idea, what they've figured out that they've got a really good platform for, for reselling lotteries um, and they can actually export that mm. platform to other resellers all around the world. Yep. 
And, and, and that's a really interesting idea. I think it's the correct approach. That's a much better idea than just trying to carry on being a hostage to Tabcorp. You know, I yep. think it was two years ago where Tabcorp came out and renegotiated the, um, the terms of their agreement. And they just, I mean, they showed who was boss in that arrangement. Yeah. They just yeah. took the lion's share of gains. And that can happen every yeah. single negotiation until um, a Jumba has nothing left. So this is an important turn for them. I just think that it's an unproven turn. Uh, it's okay to hold this, and but consider it a speculative um, investment. Um, I, just, I just keep an eye on it and see how that software side is going. They've got a lot to prove. It's a good idea. Management's good. Um, you just want to have to have a view of whether they can execute and how well that product is selling. Um, on the other side, um, I was on the call last week, and um, TLC, I think, is is one of the best businesses in Australia, and you can currently buy that thing at an attractive price. I would just buy that all day long. Okay. All right, our <coughs> final stock, Kate wants a view, Gaurav on Combank. Yep, sell. Sell? Yeah. I, you know, yes, I've said this for ages, and the share price has not fallen at all, but neither has it gone up very much. Um, I don't understand the valuation on this company. It no doubt deserves a premium to um, all the other Aussie banks. It is a far superior, far superior bank to any other Aussie bank. Legitimately good quality business, but the valuation makes very little sense to me. And um, you know, we've talked about some of the problems that banks um, have. In our portfolios, we have zero banks, not mm. a single bank, not even Macquarie. And um, wow. I'm pretty happy yeah. with that position. Mm. I can't see ourselves getting back into banks unless the share price went down a long, long way. Internationally, um, banks are trading at um, sort of book or less. And, uh, and in Australia, Combank, well, last time I looked at it, was two and a half to three times book, which is insane. Right. Um, and you don't get the same ROEs you used to out of Aussie banks. So I think that valuation should come down over time. Mm. Sell. Um, a few things. I think that's a big sell. I've, I've been saying that for a while. Yeah, and, you have actually. And yeah. I think Combank mm. is the biggest sell because everyone's in it. Yep. And most mm. retail, and this is classic, most retail people will never sell because mm. it's tax. Mm. Yeah. Um, but it is, it is what it is. But Combank is a sell for a number of reasons. One, relative valuation to the sector is peaked and it's rolling over and Combank leads that. Two, it's the majority of the banks uh, are traded by global guys for the currency exposure, yeah. and Aussie dollar is rolling over. So that's a, again another sell. Number three, property prices. You know the demand oh, will wane. Point, so yeah. it's a one-stock pony now. Everyone's basically come down to mortgage play. So the banks are extending people's. So all banks, including Macquarie. Uh, Macquarie is not a bank. It's a right. private listed private equity. So it's a bit different. Out of those ones, West Farmers was the one that came back the most. That's what yeah. we got into. I that. disagree with that yeah. characterization of Macquarie, by the way. It's, it's, uh, a, it's an asset manager, largely, um, with, yeah, with some capital markets exposure. Yeah, so, uh, look, yeah. I'll give them that credit. Yeah, yeah. I'll give them credit in that. Right. They evolve. Because I've seen a lot of things that they evolved in the financial markets mm. a lot earlier than, I mean, mm. talking years before. Yeah. So they must have pretty good contacts on mm. regulatory changes that are coming years after. So I'll give them that. So I think they're slightly different. But Combank is the <coughs> biggest gorilla in town and it leads the bank sector. Global banks are rolling over. So everything is negative on the banks. I just don't see the upside. Okay, all right. Let's recap the final five stocks. Bigger a no from both. Karoon, a yes from both. Uh, probiotic, a watch from uh, Gaurav, a hold from Mathan, uh, a hold on Jumbo uh, from both, but Gaurav will buy uh, the Lottery Corporation over it. That's where you should um, get your exposure. <coughs> excuse me, and a sell on CBA from both. Um, if you'd like any stocks for us to, uh, for me to put to our expert panel, 
put them in an email, the call at ausbiz.com.au or tweet us using the at TV handle. You can see all the stocks in the calls portfolio at ausbiz.co forward slash portfolio. Gentlemen, always great to have you on, Gaurav Sodhi. Always terrific. Nathan nice Thomas and Dara. Nice uh, love it. Uh, <laughs> and we got through a heap of stocks today, which was just fantastic. Gives us all a lot to, uh, to think about. Uh, more of Ausbiz coming up. You don't want to miss it. Back after the break. Mm-hmm.